She's like too young for that song, isn't she? Valerie is too young for that song, Mr. Benny? She says no, but she I She says say no? Yes. I think so. I think, you know. And, you know, heaven forbid we play <laughs> Air Supply. Oh, I had that earlier, oh, but then yeah. you busted out the Survivor by I know. Child, well, so. did she have a Survivor thing? But I'm perfect. You're doomed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perfect. You're doomed by author uh, Kyria Abrams uh, joining me here today. Uh, and Abrahams, I think that's right. Did I get that right, Kyria? Yes. I'm mean, just like killing you all over the place uh, here. Uh, thank you for joining us. I'm perfect. You're doomed. Wow. That is powerful as a title of a book. You're a stand-up comedian. Mm -hmm. This is a book that you've pretty much written about your life, so to speak. Uh, And this is really, you know, a way for us to become more aware of who we are, become more aware of the journey that we take in this world. And so I want I want to I want to ask you about the title and how you relate to I'm perfect. You're doomed. I think that it really sums up a lot of not just the Jehovah's Witnesses, but Mm. a lot of fundamentalist religions. Mm. I actually recently spoke to a group of Orthodox and Hasidic Jews um, that are trying to leave their religion and their and you know being out their outcast from their family, and they completely related to that as well. You know, so it's really not just the Jehovah's Witnesses, but anybody that thinks they are. Saved, they are the only ones. You know, it's really us against them. Mm. You know, this is when we when we step back and uh, Akira, uh, and we look at your journey, and we look at your story. You know, there's such a side to it that is so sad at so many levels, and yet, you know, you've been able to develop the ability to take the story out and you, and actually to have a little fun with it. How were you, or how are you able to do that? How was I able to step back from it? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's just the passing of time. Mm-hmm. They say time heals all wounds. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I were still the, the same person, I wouldn't be able <laughs> to, to laugh at myself. Uh, so, you know, it's funny, like, some people have reacted to the book by saying, like, oh, my God, I, I hate this girl. I would never hang out with this girl. Well, I'm not the same person I was when I was 14. You know, mm-hmm. that's how I'm able to kind of look back and write on it objectively. So when, you know, you decided to write the book, there was obviously a reason for doing it. Um, what was it or what do you um, what do you hope people to walk away with from reading the book? I would love for them to really I would really like to open a dialogue on, you know, what place um, this kind of intense religious experience had in informing my the bad decisions that I made, mm. you know, um, and that seems to have happened so far. You know, some people say, especially people who are raised as Jehovah's Witnesses, say it's so clear how this directly correlated to the decisions that she made, and other people are like, you know what, I think she was just a really bratty teenager, and it had nothing to do with it, and I, and I think to be able to just open a dialogue is 
my ultimate purpose with the book. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about some of the decisions you've made. And, you know, without giving away the entire book, I, I think it's important for our listeners to know mm-hmm. that, you know, there are some decisions that you've made that most of us make, in a sense. Mm-hmm. But for you, given the family that you are part of, these are decisions that had multiple consequences. And could you share a few of those and what some of the consequences were? Well, I think um, a really good one to point to would be the fact that I got married very early, mm. and um, I could definitely point to a lot of things in my religious upbringing that led to that. For one, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses only marry other Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, they really kind of frown on, on dating. Uh, so if you're dating, it's because you're looking for a marriage mate. And a lot of people get married very early, a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses, and they get married very young. Um, and I think that it's pretty typical um, it, in a lot of different religions, but especially in the Jehovah's Witnesses. And then, obviously, I ended up married at 18. By 19, I was miserable, <laughs> you know, <laughs> realized I had made a mistake. But then you're not allowed to get a divorce. Mm. So it was a couple more years of me just kind of going through the motions, just incredibly depressed, and trying to figure out a way to get out of the marriage. Mm. You know, get out of the marriage, get out of the religion, so to speak, or get out of, you know, and I'm, this is really not a comment about religion, but kind of get out of whatever hold it had on you. Obviously, uh, you were not meant to take the path that was part of your family's path. You know, Carolyn yeah. Mace talks about sacred contracts. A lot of people talk about, you know, what we what we choose in this lifetime and before this and after it. The question that comes to mind is, what was the most difficult lesson while you were young? What was the most difficult lesson for you to learn? Um, well, that I learned while I was young? Because mm-hmm. I don't really feel like I learned any lessons while yeah, I was Yeah, I know. That's young. why I asked the question. <laughs> um, you know, the, the hardest thing for me to understand was that different people can have different religions and different paths to spirituality and that they are all equally valid and acceptable. And that was the hardest thing for me to really come to terms with, you know, because I really felt like there was this black and white, like, how can there be more than one religion? There's only one, and I'm in it. And uh, it took a while for me to understand that if you're doing something that makes your life healthier and makes you happier, um, that it's good for you. <laughs> mm. So, I, One of the things that I've been dying to ask you, so to speak, is sort of this idea around God. And, you know, it's a conversation that I've had with myself uh, and sort of my own uh, spiritual journey. Uh, and I wanted to ask you what your relationship was, was like with God when you were younger and what it's like now. Or God or, you know, higher power, whatever that you refer to. Yeah, um, when I was younger, it was very much like um, he's, he's someone who's out to, to trap me, mm-hmm. you know, and that any little slip that I, that I make, um, I could be out in an instant. And he's just kind of, he's, he's not evil, but it's like a very vengeful Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of concept of God, um, which I think a lot of people have. Like, he just, you know, a lot of guilt, and God knows everything that I've done wrong and all my sins, and I'll never be good enough for God. Um, at the same time, I also kind of figured him as this sort of magical 
creature. Like, I can just pray for something and I will magically get it. Uh, so he was kind of like a Santa Claus god, uh-huh. um, like an angry, <laughs> vengeful Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, and now I'm, I am more, um, now, now I just sort of admit that uh, I don't actually know. I am not smart enough, <laughs> and I do not have that direct line. Um, but I do feel that, you know, personally I feel that there is something out there, but I would never say it looks mm-hmm. like this and it's a man or it's a woman or, you know, and it's this religion. Yeah, Curia, you're now a stand-up comedian, which mm-hmm. is kind of fun. I also have a friend that's a stand-up comedian. Actually, she's performing this weekend. But um, cool. you know, I wanted to ask you about having the childhood that you had, and we're going to talk about what it was like to actually write about your childhood and your parents. But having the childhood that you have and now being a, a stand-up comedian, how did you make that transition? I mean, is it like in The Matrix? Do you take the blue pill or the red pill? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I suddenly knew Kung Fu. Um, no, I think it was pretty much, if anything, there any kind of correlation between the two, it's the fact that I was a very opinionated child mm-hmm. and kind of thought that I knew everything. So it's <laughs> easy for me to get on stage and just be like, this is what I think about everything. Um, and also just like I did have that uh, stage experience and knocking on people's doors and talking to strangers. Right. Uh, so I guess that probably figures into it just a little bit. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, to be able to do that, what a what an incredible experience. Um, I have a friend who's also uh, a former Jehovah's Witness, and he's one of the best salespeople on the planet right now. <laughs> Can, I'm sorry, he that. is. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. That's funny. Well, we're going to talk about uh, also, you know, what it's like to be able to write this book and talk about your parents. I mean, how did you come to terms with the fact that this book is a memoir about you, but it certainly talks about your folks and your family? And what was that like? You know, is there any guilt that you have about what you've written? We're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we're going to be talking with Curia about I'm Perfect, You're doomed uh and we're going to talk about how this book is becoming a lesson for so many people about life morality and living for what you believe in stay tuned we'll be right back with the dr pat show Reach your full potential and increase energy with the superfood of the Inca, Maca Magic. Maca naturally balances hormones, relieves symptoms of PMS, menopause, and erectile dysfunction. Maca increases energy, stamina, and endurance without caffeine. Visit MacaRoot.com. That's M-A-C-A Root.com. Call 541-846-6222. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Have you ever wanted more for yourself or your family? Are you prepared to take your life to the next level? Have you ever had that feeling or heard that little voice telling you that you can be so much more? Let Empowerment Psychic Linda Dickinson help you to embrace your own power. Visit Linda at InMyFuture.com or call 800-206-9096 for your private session and start living your life to the max. Be sure to listen to Linda Dickinson on The Dr. Pat Show and call in to connect with your guides. Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? 
Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. Unlock your divine power and become the true master of your life with visionary clairvoyant Terry O'Connor every Monday at 10 a.m. on The Dr. Pat Show. Using her extraordinary connection with spirit, Carrie can energetically view your true inner blueprint and guide you to your soul's highest purpose. Explore your personal connection to your authentic self and let your spirit soar as it was truly meant to. That's The Carrie O'Connor Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern on The Dr. Pat Show. Now is the time for you to create the life you want to live. Tap into unlimited possibilities and be the masterpiece you're meant to be. Hi, I'm Dr. Melody Ivory, your personal growth expert and co-host of the Breakthrough Interview Series, Step Into Your Full Greatness on the Dr. Pat Show. With the eye of an artist, the heart of a poet, and the brilliance of a scientist, I'll show you how to dig up the road, pave the road, walk the road, and be the road to your full greatness. I'll tell you what the secret didn't tell you, which myths hold you back, and what hidden talents and skills you need to thrive in these challenging times. I'll help you easily transform your life from the inside out. Now is the time to get to where you really want to be, and I'm here to help you get there. Listen to Step Into Your Full Greatness on The Dr. Pat Show and go to MelodyIvory.com for free articles, poetry, and affirmations. That's MelodyIvory.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show, uh, talk radio to thrive by. Uh, for more information about us, go to www.drpatlive.com, drpatlive.com. Uh, Carrie is joining us here today. The book that she has written is I Am Perfect, You're Doomed. Uh, Carrie, why don't we give out your website so folks can find you, find out how to get a copy of the book, so to speak? Sure. Um, it's curiaabrahams.com. Uh, and or uh, you can Google "I'm Perfect, You're Doomed," and uh, it's also available on Amazon. Okay, so you know, as the story unfolds, you get to share a lot of information about your upbringing, about your family. Y- you know, what is it like to get to this place where you're finally writing the book, and you writing very candidly about your parents and the good, the bad, and the ugly, so to speak. What was that like to write about it? And were you concerned how people would interpret this? I was concerned because, you know, ultimately there's a lot of great memories that I that I have with my parents that, you know, didn't fit into the book. So it's not like there wasn't a chapter devoted to um, how much I enjoyed, you know, spending time with my mother at the mall on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, so I was a you know, just didn't just didn't work its way in, and I and I wish that I could kind of make it clear that how much my parents, you know, meant to me mm-hmm. and how much I loved them. Yep. I think it might have come off a little a little skewed just because of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I tried my best to at least at least hint at those things. You know, talk about 
watching cartoons with my dad on a Saturday afternoon and, you know, just show the, the good parts. But um, I don't know if you've ever read The Glass Castle. Um, that author did a really great job, I, I felt, of, uh, you know, kind of going back and forth between these are the good parts of my dad and these are the bad parts. Right. And right. Uh, I was hoping I could do something along those lines. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that, you know, you do talk about is, and I don't, I don't know if you... Well, let me just give you my interpretation of it. Um, you, you know, there's this level of fears sort of that is embedded throughout your story. Fear in a lot of different ways. Mm. And um, I'm just curious about, first of all, how you became sort of the the maverick in the family with all that fear going on. And did it affect your life? You know, I don't even know that I really was the maverick. My brother really left before before we did, but he was smart, uh, or before I did, rather. But he was smart enough to kind of keep his head down oh. and not really tell anybody what was going on. He just sort of disappeared, and he kind of disappears from the book, but he sort of disappeared from our lives as well <laughs> and just wow. was like, I'm just going to do my own thing quietly. Um, but there was a lot, and I remember one day um, going up to him, I don't remember how old I was, but when I, when I recognized he wasn't coming back to the Kingdom Hall and saying, uh, do, do you want to die at Armageddon? You know, and like half believing it coming out of my mouth and half just thinking, I'm supposed to say this, he's my brother. Wow. And, um, you know, there's little things that we need to apologize <laughs> for when we, after we leave a fundamentalist religion, and that's one of them. Um, he, uh, he, he's a great kid and I'm really, really lucky to, to have him. He's really the only, um, immediate member of my family that I, that I talk to these days. Well, it's, it's a definitely an interesting journey. I mean, it's, it's, it's a conversation that we get to have with you and get to experience sort of some of the things that you've experienced. Um, how has your life changed? Uh, I know that we all get ideas to write books, right? Mm-hmm. Then we write the book. <laughs> Then the book gets out in the public, and then what? And then um, that is where I believe it's called anticlimax. <laughs> um, I I have been very blessed in that I've gotten a lot of wonderful uh, emails from people who uh, ex Jehovah's Witnesses. People who are like, I thought I was completely alone in this world. I thought I was a freak, and I read my life in your book. And now I can take this book, and I can show it to my husband, and I can show it to my and to my nephew, and no one understands what I went through. And now they understand. And that has been the most amazing uh, part of writing the book, is the fact that, oh, gee, it's actually, I thought it would inform people, but it's actually t- touched people. And, um, you know, it's not on the bestseller list, but that's so much more important to me. Mm. You know, this is okay. So now you're 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 like a a stand up comedian as as well. Mm -hmm. Um, What is your your what is your comedy act about? Um, Well, I took like three years off because I was writing the book. And now that I'm back doing it again, I am um, mostly, uh, well, let's see, the last time I performed, I mostly just <laughs> complained about being single. Uh-huh. But, uh, I, <laughs> uh, but I also talk about, um, you know, being raised as a Jehovah's Witness. Um, I do, uh, I have started to talk about that for the first time because for the longest time I did stand-up and it was just all these very disconnected one-liners 
and jokes and just, you know, punchline, punchline, but really wasn't saying anything that mattered to me or meant anything to me. So uh, now I'm just actually, I feel more comfortable on stage now, uh, so I'm more able to just kind of talk about the things that matter, and one of them is growing up as a Jehovah's Witness, mm. and the other is being single. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I bet you kind of weave those two together at some at some particular level uh, yes. as well. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny that we can be here thinking about sort of a childhood that we've had or an upbringing we have and actually laugh a little bit about it. You sound like at some level you've made peace with all of that. Have your folks made peace with you, so to speak? Um, I highly doubt that. Uh, I really have not talked to them about it at all. Uh, my mother did come to my book signing in Providence, and I spoke to her very, very briefly, uh, and she uh, expressed her concern that there were things in the book that she did not agree with, that she did not believe were true, and that uh, she really wished I had written a children's book instead. Um, but beyond that, I have heard very little from my family. Um, I know my brother likes the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think all of our parents wish that we would write children's books. Right. They're, they're just like, you know, uh, and my parents have made their transition. So I hear their voices from high above, you mm-hmm. know, and I, you know, I don't know that for me, I don't really have much to write about in terms of, you know, my own experience, but you certainly have. What was it that you've you've taken with you from that childhood experience? You know, like some people say, take the best and leave the rest. I think that, you know, one of the the good things that I, that I learned was to kind of, was to think critically. Uh, they're very um, critical of other, other religions, and uh, which is kind of ironic, <laughs> because I ultimately used those skills to think critically about the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, but I think that's probably the best skill that I got was just sort of don't don't take things at face value. Um, and I I remember it's not necessarily a Jehovah's Witness uh, incident, but mm-hmm. my father when I was like three years old, he we were sitting on the floor and he said, "Stick your finger in that light socket." And I started to, and he grabbed my hand away and said, "Why would you do something like that just because I told you to? Think about what you're doing." And uh, some people have said that's a horrible, horrible thing, but it always stuck with me. Like, oh, yeah, you, you know, just think before you act. He really set the stage for you really popping out of the box, though, with that one. I think so. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you think about it, a parent that does that to teach you the power of making your own decisions really set the stage for you. I mean, your life from that point on could never be the same. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't really say, like, why do I have such a precocious teenager? (laughs) I can only imagine you had a few of those light bulb socket moments. (laughs) (laughs) And here you are. Thank you so much for joining us today. Why don't you please give out your website again? It is curiaabrahams.com. Curia is K-Y-R-I-A. And would you let, for our for listeners that are on the uh, East Coast, especially our New York listeners, would you let them know how they can find out, how they can catch your stand-up? Um, they can find out by either friending me on Facebook, where I usually post about the things that I'm going to do, my upcoming events, uh, or just checking out my blog, 
um, I usually, you know, I'm a, a typical um, 30-something, and I, I write about everything that's going on in my life on Twitter and Facebook, so you can find everything there. Okay, that sounds good. We'll check it all out. Thank you so much for joining us here today on the show. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Twitter, a whole new world, isn't it? I could imagine what kind of trouble I think I would be in, like if Twitter were available when I was 30. Wow, especially being an Italian. I think I would be Your like mouth in would some be running serious... in all different forms. Well, you know, honestly, <laughs> when I was 30 or 30-something, 30 as uh, Kyria mentioned, I was a little crazy person. Uh-oh, here Yeah, I, I can't talk about it. You know why? Because we're going to talk about a course in Ooh. happiness real soon. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show.